Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise. For your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and boy, is it way more fun about a big-time win on the road. K-State answers the bell and wins 38-21 over Texas Tech. Um, Before we kind of really start talking about the absolute sheer dominance K-State has had over Texas Tech, um, this is 12 in the last 13. I believe it is now seven straight. Um, it took the greatest uh, quarterback in the history of the game of football, Patrick Mahomes, to beat uh, K State. Uh, you know, in a Texas Tech uniform, and he only did it once. You know, Patrick Mahomes is one and one versus K State um, with uh, some fun DJ DJ Reed pick sixes uh, in that in that win for K State. And, uh, yeah, and, and again, you know, they, they had our number while M- Mike Leach was there, RIP to the Pirate. But, man, it has been sheer and utter dominance. And, and I, I, don't, I don't think K-State fans kind of understand or recognize or maybe even celebrate the level of dominance K-State's had. Again, we had a lot of fun with that Iowa State streak. Uh, hopefully, if you beat them. Again, you have that kind of gaudy number like in the last, uh, whatever, 15, 20 games. Everyone knows the streak that is currently going against KU and truly the absolute domination since 1994. Um, This current run versus Texas Tech is right up there. 
Um, it, it has to be one of the bigger ones. I mean, it, it is. I think it's the second longest active, uh, at least for his conference team. So it feels good. Absolutely love that we got that. Um, and, and I'll address this up front because I, I see a lot of Texas Tech fans. And, 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 again, we don't care about what Texas Tech fans think. And we don't care what anyone else says. But but some of the pure comedy coming out about them complaining about, oh, you know, we had to play our third string quarterback. And, oh, woe is us. Look at all these injuries. K-State has a walking mash unit uh, on defense. Down like three or four starters. Um, Jake Clifton gets ejected on, look, I call it a 50-50 targeting, probably by the rule, hate the rule, it is what it is, but you're down to having like five total linebackers uh, for for the entire second half. I, I don't have any time for absolute loser mentality coming out of West Texas and folks who are trying to detract from K-State. K-State went out and dominated. They kicked Texas Tech's ass. And honestly, if it wasn't for that momentum-shifting plays and a couple big plays for Texas Tech, this could have been a much uglier game. Now there's going to be a lot of talking points coming out of this on what's going to happen in the future. I'm sure every single episode I record this week, I'll be talking about it. The Boneheads will be talking about it Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Zoom. If you're not following the Speakeasy Secret account so you can participate in the live show on Wednesday, I'm sure that's going to be a wild one. Please make sure you reach out. I will give you the link, Uh, but it's going to be a wild one. Uh, and look, uh, I, this is the fun part about sports. Uh, is down as everyone was after the Oklahoma State game, um, as kind of toxic. And, and of course, this is part of the reason why I hate watching uh, games at home. I, I'm on Twitter way too much. As toxic as it was at points during the game, man, is the aftermath a lot of fun. You, you, you see the special teams photo on the field you, you have the k-state beef taking their shirtless pictures uh the band shout out to the band i know sometimes i like to kind of poke fun have fun with the band uh but the dedication I, I think the majority of the entire marching band was there to welcome the team back from lubbock the players absolutely love it chris Kleiman absolutely loves it it's one of those traditions unique to k-state that i absolutely love so i want to give a shout out to the band um Shout out to Dr. Frank Trace. Uh, fun fact, I'm lobbying. I'm trying to find a way to get Frank Trace on the show maybe in the offseason. Uh, and that could be a fun one. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 think, there could, I think that I, I, would ask, I would ask some fun questions that he maybe never has been asked before. And, and I think that could be fun. So I'm lobbying for that. I'm, I'm trying to make that happen. So we'll see if that's a summer show or not. But I want to give a shout out to them. I just want to give a shout out to... The entire team. Again, this was a massive undertaking. Shout out to our guy, Josh Buford. He had a lot of screen time tonight, uh, or last night, excuse me, as I'm recording this uh, Sunday, almost right at noon. Um, But I'm over the moon. I'm pumped. Um, One other thing, again, God, I hate hate watching K-State games for the first time on TV. I hate not being in the stadium, partly because we had a, I, I did not like our commentating crew. Um, I watch on Roku, so I'm watching on the Fox Sports 1 app uh, on my Roku. 
so I can't pause or rewind or anything live. So I, I, I pulled up the K-State Sports app and listened to Wyatt and Stan call the game. They're about like 15 to 17 seconds behind. But I found that far more enjoyable, even though it wasn't synced to the TV. My audio was basically behind the play, almost, uh, you know, not a full play, but about half a play behind uh, what's, what I'm seeing on TV. And that was far more enjoyable than listening to the commentary. I just could not stand it. So I'll also give a shout out to Stan and Wyatt. Um, that's kind of the peripheral. That's stuff on the outside of the game, uh, how I took it in, how I watched the game. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the K-State win, 38 over 21. But before we do, shout out to our sponsors, Manhattan Brewing Company. I love, love seeing the timeline fill of folks grabbing their four packs, pouring them out before the game, during the game, after the game, victory beers, halftime beers, pregame beers, Manhattan Brewing Company, whether it's championship run, towny wheat, the freaking best pumpkin beer in the world, pumpkin batch. You know them, you love them, Manhattan Brewing Company. We got a 6 p.m. game next week. So before you head to the tailgate, don't show up empty-handed. Grab a couple four packs, bring it with you to the stadium, Hit up Manhattan Brewing Company, then go tailgate, or do what I did the last time we had a home game. Just set up shop, enjoy, enjoy you know, an afternoon at Manhattan Brewing Company, then head on over to the stadium, get situated, and get into the stadium before things get popping. I love Manhattan Brewing Company. I might just have to stop by there before the game this Saturday as well. All right, uh, we'll get into things on each side of the ball, but but I got to say, I I mean I, I was kind of worked up. I was getting really worried when Texas Tech went up twenty-one to seventeen um, early in that third quarter, and it really did show how dialed in and the, the mental fortitude of this team to bounce back and take that game over. You know, you gave up a score at the end of the first half. Uh, you give up a ninety-nine yard t- touchdown drive early in the third quarter. And those things could have kind of resulted in this team kind of packing up and folding uh, and everything that we were kind of afraid of after seeing those first two road losses. Now, again, I am not immune to it. I 100% am in this camp. What I'm about to say, I'm inclusive of this. I think that if the team was disinterested, if they weren't giving it their all, if they weren't uh, dialed in, if they weren't preparing all this stuff, Uh, That Again, I'm throwing myself in there. Um, All these things we thought after the Oklahoma State game, if that was true, they would have just folded and and this game would have ended, you know, 30 to, you know, 27 and and Tech would have won the game. But from that moment on, they bowed up and they played out of their minds. And and I'm I'm just so pumped and so happy that we had that game. Now, I would have loved to run away with it. I would have loved to, you know, end that game in the first half, which things were dangerously close. Dangerously close. So, freaking Ian Boyd on Twitter talking about how, oh, Texas Tech could have, you know, could have ran away with the game. What what was his exact words? Um, I, I can't find it right now, but Ian Boyd on Twitter talking about how, oh, you know, Tech could have blown out K-State if it wasn't for them having to go to their third-string quarterback. Get the fuck out of here. Again, K-State was dangerously close to ending that half up 24-7 to and it being game over at that point. Um, 
and it didn't work out. Hey, that's football. You know, you don't get to play games, the what if game or anything like that. So no, it didn't work out like that. But guess what? K-State bounced back. They got their feet under them and they ended up having an entertaining, relatively comfortable 38 to 21 win. I'm pumped about it. Um, Game closed with Texas Tech being a one-point favorite. Uh, that was bouncing around all week. Got as high as three and a half. Closed at one point uh, total. Uh, 57. K-State obviously covers that. Uh, point total ends at 59. So that went over as well. K-State in a four-way tie with Oklahoma State. Texas. West Virginia uh, for third place. A half game behind Iowa State who currently is in second place by themselves. Uh, so it'll be fun to keep an eye on the Big 12 scores uh, before the K-State game next week and, and really kind of be tracking this run for Arlington. Um, K-State controls their own destiny. Went out and we're playing in Arlington. Uh, total yards, K-State 435 to Texas Tech's 480. K-State 65 plays to Texas Tech's 79. Time of possession, 33 for K-State. Texas Texas Tech 28, penalties, both teams 5 for 45 yards, K-State on 3rd down, 4 of 11, and 1 for 1 on 4th down, Texas Tech 4 of 13, and 3 of 5 on 4th, and the big one, K-State doesn't turn the ball over first game all season without a turnover, and we pick off Texas Tech 3 times. Really, if you look at the stat sheet, I think outside of the turnovers, you're thinking to yourself, okay, hey, relatively even game. And and honestly, it could have been if it wasn't for those turnovers. And again, I think that folks kind of uh, on the outside, they try to use turnovers as a crutch. I mean, like, if it wasn't for this. And and honestly, I I probably thought the same, especially after the Oklahoma State game. Man, if we don't turn the ball over three times, we probably win that game. Here's the thing. Outside of it being a one-possession game down in Oklahoma State, this was a, what, 17-point game? Folks, even without those turnovers by K-State, and again, absolutely massive. Even without those turnovers, though, I think K-State still wins this with relative ease. I I think K-State, for the most part, was in cruise control once we got that lead back, and I think we were going to dominate that game. Again, you let the true freshman have one big drive, uh, had one kind of really big play, uh, and that's fine. Hey, it happens, Uh, but we really stiffened up from that moment on, so... Uh, I don't really have time for, for, for any anyone who's trying to detract from this win. It was a big win. Again, here, here's the thing. Everyone who covered K-State, almost everyone, I'm not going to say everyone, but almost everyone who covered K-State was having Texas Tech win this game. You know, there's like, oh, Tech has it figured out. Tech has their swagger. K-State's reeling. Back-to-back road games. It's going to be a tough one at night in Lubbock. No, K-State showed up. Played the game, I would say, definitely not perfect, but probably the best game we've seen them play, uh, you know, from here on out. Plays an A-minus type of game, takes Texas Tech shots, uh, you know, brush it off the chin, and then you just go out and and get the win. Again, this is an absolutely massive one. Keeps the season alive, and really, especially after TCU's big game uh, hosting BYU, uh, it's going to set up for a pretty fun matchup in Manhattan next Saturday. Again, it's not going to be that matchup that we all thought it might be at the beginning of the season, but I'm anticipating another just absolutely electric atmosphere. Um, I think the students are going to bring it. I think the you know alumni are going to bring it. I think it's going to be an amazing night to be out at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. 
Let's talk about the offense, but before we do, I want to give a shout-out to Charlie Hustle. Look, folks, they tweeted uh, at me during the game, and quite frankly, I was not uh, I was not prepared for it. They're like, hey, we're dropping some absolute heat tomorrow. Well, folks, they have the best varsity jackets around, and they just dropped a white with purple and lavender trim Cocaine Willie on the sleeve, script Wildcats jacket, absolute perfection. It is the best looking jacket I have ever seen. Now, it is so hot, and you know K-State fans, they go hard when stuff drops. When you're listening to this, if if you're interested, you better get to Charlie Hustle right away. Because this bad boy 100% is going to sell out. Now, they'll they'll probably do reruns. But if you want this before basketball season tips off, you better get there quickly. That's all I'm going to say. Go to charliehustle.com. Everything you could want. Also, they they have a pretty awesome uh, Halloween collection uh, with Worlds of Fun. So if you're a Kansas City person, if you enjoy Worlds of Fun at Halloween, they have a pretty sick Halloween collection there as well. All right, let's talk about the offense. Um, And uh, look, I'll get through this quickly because we have a lot to talk about with the quarterback. Lots of discourse and frustration was happening after the Oklahoma State game. Uh, Some shade going at Colin Klein. I had my frustrations with the Colin Klein uh, the game Colin Klein called there in some frustrations with the offense, 100%. Um, but, but, I, but I think folks do need to step back and kind of realize, hey, the offense is still pretty damn good. Even coming into this game, even after the abomination that was the Oklahoma State game, K-State was the third best offense in the conference going into this game. Uh, they kept the good vibes going, and again, I, I, I do think that this, this offense is kind of cementing themselves as the third best in the conference. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. But let's get into it. Quarterback. Look, I, I want to say this before I get to anything else. And we're probably going to spend most of the time uh, talking about the quarterback. I'm probably going to have to rush through some of the other stuff because I don't want this to be a two-hour long episode. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to talk more about the game and more about everything uh, in the Q&A show tomorrow. And, uh, you know, reacting to the press availability uh, during the game preview episode on Wednesday. Uh, but but anytime we talk about the quarterbacks, anytime we talk about uh, you know the Avery Johnson era starting, I want I want to be perfectly clear, and I want to say this: Will Howard, while we, coming into the season, we were talking about could he find himself on the Ring of Honor? Could he find himself amongst the legendary Wildcat quarterbacks? Could he be, be considered an all-time great? None of that is going to come to fruition. But every time you say Will Howard, you need to say Big 12 champion Will Howard. Will Howard will go down in the history books as one of only two. Him and L. Roberson, to this point, the only two guys 
who have led K-State as a quarterback to a Big 12 championship game win. Those are the only two. Will Howard and L. Roberson. Throw in Colin Klein, the only three guys who have been the uh, you know majority snap getter at quarterback to win K-State a Big 12 title. Now, I hope that list grows. I hope we have more quarterbacks to add to this list in the Chris Kleiman era, and I believe we will. But he's going to go down as one of the biggest cult heroes in K-State history. What he was able to do last season, sticking through all all the adversity, sticking through some of the folks who tried to write him off, myself included, stuck through all of that, watched us bring in a transfer quarterback, helped him learn the offense, and then when his number was called upon, he helped lead us to a Big 12 title. Never going to be able to take that away. And then, regardless of what any of us think, I guarantee we are going to need Will Howard to make some big plays this season. Rest of the season. We're only halfway through the season. We still have six regular season games left, and I hope two postseason games left as well. That's what I'm hoping for. You're going to need Will Howard to make some big plays in these final six, hopefully, or final six, at least a bowl game, and then probably, hopefully, not probably, but hopefully a Big 12 title as well. We're going to need Will Howard to make big plays. All of that said, I don't think you can watch what happened yesterday and decide Will Howard should continue to get the majority of snaps in every game here on forward. I trust Colin Klein. I trust Chris Kleiman to find a way to make it work. Again, we we have PTSD of trying to see to, trying to make this work. You know, we think back to Jake Waters and Daniel Sams. We think back to Skylar Thompson and Alex Delton. You think back to Roberson and was it Dunn? I don't remember. <laughs> that was 20 years ago at this point. I was 10. I don't remember who L. Roberson was was split in time with back, you know, in his, you know, sophomore and junior seasons. I, I think it's done. I, I, I don't remember. Um, K-State fans have seen it happen, and, and we've seen it not work. I think because of the character of both of these guys, but especially Will Howard, and I think Colin Klein, who kind of dealt with it a little bit his sophomore year too, going back and forth a little bit between him and Carson Kaufman. I think that if anyone could make it work, it is this staff. And I think we're going to have to make it work. Um, if you're going to run the ball as much as Avery Johnson is going to, there's a good chance he's going to get banged up. There's a good chance that, hey, there might be a game where – for better or worse, we really need to start whipping the ball around. And, and they might think that, hey, that means Will Howard gives us the better chance, so you have to call him in from the bullpen. I don't know how they're going to handle this. I just know that I believe, and, and I think everyone, I think anyone who watched that game would, would agree with me, that it should be Avery Johnson moving forward. Now we're going to see what happens uh, versus TCU when it happens. I would not be shocked if Will Howard is announced as the starter, if he plays as the starter and even gets the majority of snaps. Doesn't mean uh, I agree with it, but again, I'm going to trust the coaching staff. Uh, Chris Kleiman, Colin Klein said, hey, trust us. We have a game plan on how to use Avery Johnson, how to use Will Howard.
And I think both of these guys love Kansas State enough to make it work, to make some personal sacrifices to get through this season and put the team in the best position to win now. But the best position to win now also includes the guy who puts us in the best position to win in 2024 and the best position to win in 2025, and that's Avery Johnson. I, I, I hope he is the guy moving forward. I hope he gets the majority of snaps. But I do know that we are going to have to continue to see Will Howard. Um, not, not have to. We will see Will Howard. I still think he gives you some stuff that, uh, you know, Avery might not be able to give you quite yet this year. I could be wrong. I could be getting too sentimental. I might be trying to shoehorn in a, a role for Will Howard, even if Avery Johnson's 100% healthy and still rolling, uh, because I like the kid, because I, I don't want... Um, I, I don't want him to be thought of or really looked down upon. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not a coach. I think it's been woefully clear throughout the history of this podcast, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, uh, and unless you're in practice, unless you're doing that, most of us have no clue. But I, I just have a hard time uh, thinking that Avery Johnson isn't the guy, should be the guy, and then if you carve out a role, if you carve out a package, or hey, there's a few plays that you want to run with Will Howard, that's fine by me as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We'll see what happens. Uh, It's going to be so interesting to see how the TCU game goes. But I do think a star is born. I do think the future is now. I think that he gives us the best chance to win now and in the future. Again, um, stats, Will Howard, six attempts for nine yards, 86, or six attempts, uh, uh, bleh, sorry, six completions for nine uh, on nine attempts, 86 yards, 9.6 yards per attempt, zero yards rushing on three attempts. Avery Johnson, eight of nine uh, for 77 yards, 8.6 yards an attempt, 90 yards rushing on 13 carries, 6.9 yards a carry, and the five touchdowns. Had the longest run of the game. Of 30 yards. Again, he has a whole new dynamic. And again, you saw him make some throws. He made some big, especially that throw to Jace Brown in the second half. You're not going to be able to run the ball 75% of the snaps, which is what we did when Avery was out there, um, and think we're going to win a bunch of games. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, that's not you're, you're not going to be able to do that. If Avery is going to be the guy and say he's going to take all the snaps, if that's what we're saying, which I'm fine with, by the way. <laughs> Again, I, I think I, I might be a little sentimental trying to carve in and push in a role for Will Howard moving forward because I like the kid so much. But but if, if it's going to be Avery Johnson's show moving forward, he will have to pass the ball a little bit more. And I think we saw... 
uh, at least in that first half, they did not want to do that. They were trying to protect him. They weren't They weren't giving him downfield options. I think, what, the only pass he threw in the first half was a swing route to Giddens on, like, third and long. Look, if, if he's going to be the guy, he needs to be the guy. You need to let everything loose, let it fly, all of those, uh, you know, verbs, everything you want to say, that is what you need to do. So... We're going to see what happens versus TCU moving forward. We're going to be talking about it a ton this week, I'm sure. Um, I just know that uh, Avery Avery Johnson's electric, and I think he is a unique talent that we haven't seen at K-State maybe ever. Um, So, again, that's how I see the quarterback. And, and and again, five touchdowns tying Colin Klein. And Colin Klein... If memory serves me correct, I think it was that Texas A&M game. So he needed multiple overtimes to get those rushing touchdowns. So, look, I I, I think you go all in with it. Uh, you find a role if needed for Will Howard. Uh, have Will Howard ready in case something happens to Avery. But I do think the future is now, and that's the way we should be rolling. Um, offensive line, look, I, I think they had an absolutely massive game. Um, they only gave up one sack and only five tackles for a loss. When you're running the ball 47 times, I think that's great. Um, I, I think what helped set them up for success is forcing Texas Tech to play a little bit wider uh, on the defensive front because when you have Avery Johnson, when you have an electric athlete like that, you're trying to set the edge. You're trying to get the outside leverage. So when you're get, giving the offensive line a little bit more room, that allows them to do what they do best. I also think we saw a lot of power. I think we saw a lot of pulling. I think this was Hayden Gilms, maybe his best game as a Wildcat, and he's really really good when he can get out run and pull as tough as I've been on Hayden Gillum this season even last season as well this guy is the real deal if he can snap the ball take that drop step and start rolling if him and Cooper Beebe because again Cooper Beebe is elite he is elite when those two guys are going on a double pull a center guard pull around the right side coming from left to right my god these guys are lethal when you get them out running. Absolutely lethal when they get out running. And Hadley Panzer, again, there was one play, I think it was on Treshawn Ward's longest run of the game. Hadley Panzer was driving his guy so far upfield when Treshawn Ward tried to do a cutback, a spin move to get away from uh, the, the secondary. Panzer was blocking his guy and just running him downfield that he just kind of had happened to run into Treshawn Ward. The interior offensive line was absolutely cooking. I thought KT Lev had a great game at left tackle. Uh, I, I, Duffy was good at right tackle. There's there a couple plays that I saw Willis out there. Um, he got cooked a couple times, but I think he's coming into his own. All in all, I think this is far and away the best game for the offensive line. That includes the UCF game. I think they're starting to find their stride because I didn't, I didn't think they were bad versus Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I think they left a lot to be desired, uh, but I don't think that they were necessarily bad. Um, but but I, I, I thought they did great. And again, Texas Tech has a very good defensive line. Um, they have a, a really tough unit. They bring a lot of blitzers. I, I thought the offensive line really gave everything you could have hoped for 
And, and I, I think they, they've been taking some strays this year because they haven't lived up to expectations. They've been more visible with the K-State beef campaign, some of the NIL stuff they've been doing. I think they've taken some arrows. I think they've taken some strays. But ultimately, I think they're starting to find their stride. And again, maybe it's a conversation of, okay, what is fall camp looking like? What is summer uh, practice looking like? What, what? How are we using the offensive line in the non-con games that creates this ramp up? Because I feel like every year in the Connor Riley era, things start slow, but then explode at about the midway point. So I'm hoping we're there. I'm hoping we see a dominant offensive line moving forward for us of the season. Tight ends, fullbacks. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of Will Swanson. We saw Christian Moore out there a, a couple times, but really, this is about Ben Sennett. Uh, he had six receptions for 72 yards. His 52-yard grab from Will Howard was the longest offensive play of the game. Um, look, he, he's a pass-catching weapon. I think he's going to be massive for Avery Johnson, um, assuming that's where we're going moving forward. Um, because when linebackers, when safeties are going to have to devote more of their time watching Avery, that really should open up things in the middle of the field, really allow him to be dealing with single coverage instead of bracket zone. Um, and he hopefully will make some big plays. He made some big plays for Will. And quite frankly, he had his best, his two best blocks of his career happened on one play as he pancaked a corner and then ushered a safety out of bounds to allow Avery Johnson to walk in untouched for one of his touchdowns. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Again, we, we are seeing uh, Ben Sennett continue to level up his blocking. And if he's able to do that, I, I mean... He's going to be looking at like a second round draft pick. I don't know if he's going to be able to do enough uh, to find his way maybe into the late first round. But but I do think that if Ben Sennett continues to improve his blocking, continues to be uh, the elite tight end pass catching option that he is, I think you're looking at a second or third round draft pick. And I think he's working his way up into that second round. And that's exciting. Wish he was going to be around next year. I doubt it. I mean, heck, in the world of NIL, maybe someone makes it worth his while. Uh, but Ben Sennett has continued to be one of, if not the, I mean, he probably is the most consistent player on this offense. And and, and he, he's just been absolutely immense. And he's going to continue to be. We're going to need him to continue to be, especially if this transition happens. Uh, let's move on to the running backs. Uh, Trayshawn Ward had an absolutely massive game. 118 yards on 15 carries. Uh, look, myself included in this, again, I, I try to call balls and strikes. I try to hold myself accountable. Um, and, and this is one of those times. After the UCF game, I think a lot of us said, all right, hey, DJ Giddens, undisputed, running back number one. Uh, he's the guy. Trayshawn Ward, uh, changes, change of pace, get him in there. DJ's the bellwether. I, I see some folks making the same mistake. We didn't learn from our mistake after the UCF game. I'm trying to learn from my mistake. Look, Trayshawn Ward, 
amazing game, and I thought he had a good game at Oklahoma State. Long of 18, again, he he was really benefiting from getting those snaps out there with Avery, uh, really causing the defense to have different eye discipline, to be looking at someone else to run the ball besides just him. He had a massive game. I want to keep it going. But again, I, I don't think it's time that some of you, and what's funny is I've seen some people who are saying the same stuff about DJ now saying about Trayshawn. Hey, that's running back one. Give him all the carries. No, we have two very good. I saw someone try to say two above average. No, these are two very good running backs. I think two of the probably eight best running backs in the Big 12 and the fact that both of these guys are able to have these big games, the fact that, hey, you know, Trayshawn had 15 carries, DJ had 12 plus a, a, a pass catch, I think the fact that we're keeping them both around 15 touches a game, you know, especially if we're going to run the ball that much, I think that is perfect. I think by the time you get to November, we're going to see the benefits of having two guys who can be the dude. For K-State. And I think once you get to the back end of this schedule, those four games in November, I think you're going to see both of these guys have massive games. And I'm pumped for it. Guys, this is not a DJ versus Trayshawn. No, this is a DJ and Trayshawn. A Trayshawn and DJ. I am so happy that Colin Klein rode the hot hand. I think that's what we need to continue to do. Again, I think there's going to be, heck, it could be next week. DJ goes off for 120 yards from scrimmage, and Trayshawn has 60. Again, we're, we're, we're trying to be like, oh, yeah, you know, DJ, didn't, he had 53 yards rushing and another five uh, receiving. They both had a long of 18 yards. That was the long run for both of them. Again, I think DJ, uh, you know, didn't benefit from getting as many snaps with Avery, but that's fine. I think he, uh, you know, the offensive line got stoned on a couple plays that forced DJ to try to get the edge, never got the edge, had to take a couple, you know, tackles for a loss. Hey, it happens. That's the nature of being a running back in big-time college football. I'm just pumped we have both of these guys. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Big Tony Frias out there on special teams coverage. Seth Porter, I'm going to give him a ton of love later. I think the Boneheads were giving him one of the uh, you know one of the game awards. So we, we love Seth Porter. But I want to give some credit to Anthony Frias because he's out there on kickoff coverage as well. And I think he was in on at least one of the tackles on special teams as well. So again... Uh, while he he's not getting those touches, that's just a sign of the culture and the buy-in from some of these guys. That hey, yeah, Tony Frias came in thinking, hey, he's going to be one of the guys. He's going to be getting some carries. He's not, but he's still making an impact on special teams. Uh, we'll move to wide receivers uh, here. I mean, look, there, there's not a ton. To talk about, I mean, Brooks, four catches for 47 yards, long of 22. Again, he he got caught in 4K again. Um, the Will Howard run for eight on third and nine. Um, if Brooks picks up a block, it, it, I mean, because again, he kind of finds himself with his back turned watching Will Howard get tackled by the guy he just needs to get a body on and we pick up a first down. Um, so that's not great. Um but he did have four catches for 47 yards, one of them being a long 22. Um, Jaden Jackson, one for 10. RJ Garcia, one for eight. Keegan Johnson had a rush for 13 yards. Jace Brown, one for 21. Um, look, I, I'm pumped. I, 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 I got giddy. I was getting all the feels like Avery Johnson to Jace Brown. 
that was awesome. I like literally just talking about it, getting goosebumps. I, I think that could be an amazing connection, you know, for the next three, four years. Um, but part of the reason why we need to move on to Avery Johnson is that the wide receivers are not good enough for Will Howard to sit back and be a pro-style quarterback. Now, we've seen Will make enough mistakes throwing the ball that even with great wide receivers, um, you probably have to be having an Avery package at worst. Um, and, and, at, and at best, you're probably still having to move on. It is time to use the, you know, move on to the Avery Johnson uh, era. But they, I mean, they they weren't helping out. You know, they, they, they weren't giving Will Howard much help. Um, and, and my hope is, my hope is that these guys now, when you have an athletic quarterback, and it's not just, hey, Avery can run. Avery could be a collegiate-level sprinter. He was an all-state track guy. He, or, no, he wasn't all-state track. He was all-state basketball. He was all-state baseball. All-state football. Here's a guy who does have the top-end speed. He has the agility. He has the cut and run. Like Avery Johnson is the single greatest athlete to ever play quarterback at Kansas State University. And because of that, defenses are going to have to allocate linebackers. They're going to have to allocate safeties. They're going to have to change how they play K-State. And I'm hoping that opens up these wide receivers because they're only going to be seeing man-on-man single coverage or they're going to be seeing softer zones because everyone has to keep their eyes on Avery and see what he's going to do. I'm hoping that allows guys like Jace Brown, like RJ Garcia, like Philip Bush, all the wide receivers, Jane Jackson, all of them. I'm hoping that allows them single coverage. I'm hoping that allows them to fight through some of this, be able to get open, be able to get the passing game going a little bit um, because we're going to need it. I, I've said it a few times. We're not going to be able to run the ball 75% of the time, which is what we did when Avery was out there. Um, we're just not. We are just not. We're going to need the wide receivers to step up, make plays, and I'm hoping in this change, assuming we make the change at quarterback, it is going to allow those defense or force those defenses to change the way they play. Otherwise, Avery's going to run for five touchdowns every week uh, and a hundred yards and all that type of stuff. So that's going to hopefully be the biggest change, uh, you know, in the passing game. I'm, I'm hoping we're going to see some different stuff and, and allow the guys to get a little bit of separation, allow Avery to fire it in there, and allow them to make some plays. We'll see. Uh, tweet at me again. Uh, you know, if you're just listening to this, uh, probably going to be recording uh, the Q and A show early evening on Monday. So tweet in your questions hashtag at Ask Bosco. Uh, and if you get it in before we record, we'll hit it. But let me know your thoughts on the offense. Uh, what do you want to see us do? Uh, let, let's move to the defense uh, before we do. Again, shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. Um, I might be having to make a stop in there before the uh, TCU game. Uh, and I know once I'm back in town for all these home basketball games, which I'm getting pumped for, uh, it's almost here. Also, there's going to be a secret scrimmage against SMU. Uh, we'll see We'll see how that goes. Uh, obviously not so secret uh, if it's out on the internet. Um, but shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. Tang Party is back on Tuesday. If you're listening to this on release day tomorrow, Tang Party is back. One of the most popular beers in the history of the state of Kansas is back on tap in four packs. Get you some because it's going to sell out. Tang Party, the tangerine sour. It is delicious. I think I had like 
four pints of those before the KU game last year. Uh, the, the football game, luckily I was not the driver for that one. Always drink responsibly, of course. But check out Manhattan Brewing Company like the next time you're in Manhattan. You got to do it. Also, be nice. Tell your uh, local liquor store to start carrying it. Uh, overarching look. Uh, held Tech to their second worst outing of the year. And honestly, it could have been worse for Tech. It should have been worse for Tech. Uh, they made two massive plays. Um, you know, one right before half. Uh, the second massive play was right before their second possession uh, in the second half, which gave them their lead. But ultimately, I I think the the defense got rolling. Um, They were getting pressure. They are flying around, uh, and and they brought the heat. They they caused three interceptions, uh, tons of hard hits on their quarterback. Again, I'm not advocating i'm not celebrating that you knock out a quarterback but i am celebrating the the big hits uh being able to get to the quarterback and really making your hits count not a single one was dirty not a single one was flagged that is how you play football folks and and kobe savage said it you know in the little uh interviews they had outside after the game he said hey if we want to talk about the mob you got to be about the mob and I, i truly think that the defense brought it I absolutely love it. Starting with the defensive line, I think they got uh, pretty consistent pressure and they held their own on uh, the defensive line. Now, Texas Tech has a great rushing offense. We only got a handful of tackles for loss on the entire game. Um, And and again, their running back did get six yards of carry. Um, But a lot of it was on one big run. And and the other bit of it, you know, after, after he got hit, we made it very tough on Texas Tech to get their running game going at the level that they've become accustomed to. And again, we forced them to turn to a true freshman and say, all right, we're not getting what we want rushing the ball. We're going to have to try to air it out. And I think a lot of that goes to the defensive line, being able to absorb blockers, allow linebackers to make plays. And I think I think they did a really great job. Uh, Brandon Mott had a few quarterback hits, was credited with four tackles. He had a club on his arm. Uh, in, in the second half, don't know what happened there, but again, playing through it. Khalid Duke got his fifth sack on the season. Uso, two tackles. Javon Banks got a tackle. Damian Alalio got a tackle. Nate Matlack, Stufflebean both got tackles as well. Look, they're flying around. They're, they're high motor, and again, we're seeing it. And in a game like this where Texas Tech plays close to 80 plays, the rotation and keeping guys uh, fresh, not only going to help as the season continues to go on. Again, we've already had our bye week. We have six games. We're going to end up having eight games in a row. We have six games in front of us. Um, if we want to accomplish what's still on the table, the defensive line going to have to stay fresh, stay healthy, and credit to uh, to, to Klanderman and the entire staff in the rotation that they have because I, I do think that you have six, seven guys who are viable to uh, play big-time snaps on that defensive line. Moving on to the linebackers, and, and what a gutsy performance by this group. Um, look, I, one of the picks to clicks, one of the guys I was really calling on to have a big game was Austin Moore. Led the team with eight tackles, was flying all over the field. And again, I, I see some folks kind of harping on the missed tackles. Uh, look, again, I... I I get annoyed by some of them as well, but but like I said, I, I've said this a couple times, and I've tried to equate it to free throw shooting. 
I, I think every single fan thinks that their team should be better free throw shooters and better tacklers. Uh, but when you take a step out and, and look at the macro of college football in this case, college basketball in the other case, you realize, okay, hey, things aren't nearly as bad. You just watch your team with intent every single snap that they have. If you watch college football anywhere, tackling is horrible. I I, I think anyone trying to say, oh, K-State, a bad tackling. No, it is not. When you look at any college football game, that's just the state of college football when the amount of contact and practice is down, all this type of stuff. Look, I, I, I know you know some folks are kind of getting on Awesome more a little bit for a couple missed tackles. Look, this guy's flying around. He is making tackles. He had one of the tackles for a loss. I think he had a massive game, and I do think that people need to take a little bit of bit, just a little, tiny. I try not to tell folks what to do, I've, or at least I'm trying to be better about that. Take a little step off the ledge, and just take a deep breath, you know, because I don't think the tackling is nearly as bad as some of the folks, at least in-game, are trying to make it seem. Again, that's why I also just I want to be at the game so I'm not tempted to be on my phone reacting to everything I see on Twitter. Uh, how, about, how about a shout-out for Austin Romaine? This guy playing through a broken wrist which despite what some random burner account melting down in my mentions for tweeting about it uh you know in the third quarter mentioned on the tv broadcast mentioned on the radio broadcast uh and then he he was dealing with a bad shoulder in game at least i think it was a shoulder that's what they said on the radio broadcast that's what it looked like on tv they're working on his shoulder a couple times so fuck off Again, some of these random burners trying to just tear me down. Ugh. Need to just go to games so I'm not tweeting during the games. Uh, some of you need to get a fucking life. Um, again, be a fan. Get worked up. Watch the games. I'm not telling you not to live tweet. I'm not telling you to be reactionary. But don't come into my mentions cussing me out, trying to act like I've committed some sin for repeating something that was just said on the TV broadcast and on the radio broadcast. Get out of here. Uh, But just absolute warrior mentality as a true freshman. Everything you want uh, in a guy. Again, I I was not like I I thought, okay, Austin Romain, I think he's going to be a guy one of these days at linebacker. I had no idea that this guy was going to be a massive part of the defense in year one as a true freshman. The guy is an absolute beast and giving it all. Like he he literally is the embodiment of what you want in a linebacker. Again, he's had some he's had he had some missed tackles. Again, I, I imagine it's tough to get tackles, you know, with a club on your arm, but he had a tackle for a loss. He is still learning. He's still an 18-year-old. He's still trying to figure out the defense. He gets washed away. He makes some mistakes out there. Yes. But as a true freshman, one that wasn't highly recruited, a guy that wasn't highly rated. Yeah, K-State beat out some Power 5 guys for him. Yeah, he was a big-time player in the state of Missouri. But I think he's I think he's wildly overachieving anything we thought uh, we were going to see. And again, in a game where you lose Jake Clifton, you're already down a couple guys at linebacker, already down Asa Newsome and Daniel Green for the season, lose Jake Clifton to a targeting penalty. The linebackers had to be out there. It, it, it was Bo Palmer. It was it, it was Austin Romaine. It was uh, Desmond Purnell. 
and it it, it was Austin Moore uh, and and some Toby Osinsami in some passing situations. So look, the the linebackers were great. Toby O again, he had two hits on the quarterback. Uh, I I still want them to continue to try to find those packages, find those situations for him to get out there. He's just too much of an athletic freak not to be getting more snaps. Jake Clifton, three tackles, was having a great game before he got ejected. Uh, just bounce back, get out there for the uh, uh, for the TCU game. Look, I, I don't like the ejection rule, uh, but w- whether you like the ejection rule or not, it, it's it's had its purpose. Again, it used to be you can't go a game in college football without having multiple uh, guys ejected. Um, look, the, the, they're getting a lot of those tackles, getting a lot of those plays out of the game. I think they need to revisit it. I think we have some questions about it um, that that uh, in the Q and A show um, that things are going to get addressed. Um, but look, I I I I don't love it, but it is what it is. He he played great again. I think it was a fifty fifty call. I, I've seen it called multiple times. I've seen it not called multiple times. It is what it is. It sucks because it was an amazing hit. Would love to see it in like the highlight packages, but they're probably not going to. And obviously, forced fumble, uh, and literally could have could have been the difference between this being a close game and us ending it in the first half. Uh, but I thought he was playing well. And Des Purnell, I believe he played every snap of the game on defense. Uh, absolutely, uh, just a stud. Playing close to you know eighty plays, playing over seventy plays. Desmond Purnell, four tackles. Topeka Cat had a great game. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Moving into the secondary, Kobe Savage, two two interceptions. Uh, had one of the drops, but he did get back to it. Uh, also had seven tackles. And I think he really was the guy who was bringing a lot of the swagger. He brought a lot of that energy. He was bringing a lot of that to the table on defense. And the team desperately needed it. I'm glad Kobe Savage was the one to deliver it. Again, he loves to talk. He likes to dance. He likes to celebrate a little bit. He's throwing thumbs down left and right, which I absolutely love. Can't get enough of that from Kobe Savage. And, and it really was exactly what we need. And we know every time he plays a Texas team, especially playing down in the state of Texas, it's massive for him because they all overlooked him. Now he's playing at K-State. Now he's you know back to playing at an all-Big 12 type of level. Uh, now that I think he's gotten a little bit used to playing with that knee brace on, I think Kobe Savage had an absolutely massive game. Marquise Siegel uh, had a, uh, uh, a tackle for a loss, had a pass breakup, could have been a pick six. I uh, had six tackles. I, and, and again, an, another thing I was surprised about, I, I think that uh, after the Missouri game, the Missouri game was dreadful. No one was good in the Missouri game. But the last three games in conference play, I think Marquise Siegel's been our best defensive back. I, I've seen a little bit of uh, discourse. Some folks being like, oh, man, you know, another mistake. by him. Again, anytime a, a secondary guy makes a mistake, it's exemplified. But I thought he had another great game. I thought Marquise Siegel, again, could have, could have been a pick six, but uh, I thought he, I thought he played very well uh, in this one. VJ Payne, Sports Center top ten, maybe the play of the game. If you're talking about like a whoa, did 
Did he just make that? And also maybe the turning point. Again, K-State scores a touchdown uh, to go up 24-21 and then gets that interception. One-handed pick. Uh, absolutely amazing from B.J. Payne. A little bit of a return. Pumped to see that for the kid. His first interception of his career. Had three total tackles as well. Colby McAllister, four tackles. Keenan Garber, I think he's still continuing to get better. He had five tackles. Jordan Wright, back at cornerback, one tackle. I thought Jacob Parrish had a good game. Uh, six tackles, one pass breakup. Again, he was on the wrong side of kind of a viral play. I thought he absolutely... I. Absolutely, think it was offensive pass interference. I think it was egregious. Um, not not sure really what he could do, but I thought he played a really good game as well. And, and again, the secondary had to have a big game because especially when Texas Tech went to their true freshman quarterback, uh, we, we were bringing the house, we were bringing the heat, we were blitzing left and right. Look. They had to play big. They had to be able to go make plays when they're in zone. They're ha- having them be able to, you know, get guys out of bounds, play tight coverage, and not give up those big plays. Again, there was a couple. There was like one or two. It is what it is. Uh, but I thought the secondary played absolutely great. And I think as, as a whole, the defense played really great. Again, they were a couple plays away from having uh, an A++ type of game. Uh, all in all, Uh, Sign me up for a defensive performance like that every single week. Let's get into special teams. Uh, Again, special teams got has been shit on a lot this year. And again, uh, as I talked, as we talked with KSU underscore fan, as Jimmy said, a lot of it has been an overreaction. Um, Chris Tennant looked great, forty-seven yard field goal, extra points looked good. Bloomer, absolutely amazing night, five punts, one long of fifty-five, all five inside the twenty. But I want to shout out Seth Porter. I don't know if a Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Week has ever gone to like a gunner, a coverage guy. I think mean, it typically is either a kicker, a returner, sometimes a punter. Uh, but I, I think Seth Porter should be the Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Week. He made two massive tackles in coverage. And Texas Tech had a top five, top five return unit. Uh, in all of college football coming in this game, Seth Porter makes two big tackles, makes a perfect, literally the perfect play to down one of Bloomer's punts at the one. And then again, on the biggest punt of the game, Bloomer smacks that ball 55 yards. Again, going up against one of the best return units in the nation. What does Seth Porter do? Beats his man as the gunner and single-handedly forces a, f- a fair catch inside the 10-yard line. Seth Porter is the embodiment of special teams you, all this type of stuff. And again, I think that the idea of special teams being horrible, oh, it's trash, blah, blah, blah. I think that is grossly over-exaggerated by fans who, who have come accustomed to having automatic kickers and, and a bunch of returns. I get it. I would like some big returns as well. But here's the thing. I, I, I think folks had been over banging the drum, saying, oh, special teams use dead. Oh, it's bad, blah, 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 blah. And, and again, I, I kind of dumped on it as well. I, I was frustrated with a few things as well. But that sort of performance, and from a guy like Seth Porter who came back for his super senior season, he's a guy who I guarantee wishes he was playing more as a wide receiver. I, he wants to catch balls. He wants to get in the end zone. I, I get it. I, I do not blame him. He came back sixth year, and he took it as a personal challenge. You listen to him uh, you know, in media before the game, after the game. 
He took it as a personal challenge to rally the guys on special teams, and he went out there and he led by example. This guy is exactly why K-State special teams, especially the coverage units, which never get you know all the love, never get all the pub. It's all about the big field goals. It's all about the returns. But Seth Porter, just an A-plus-plus game on special teams. Again, I think he should be the Big 12 special teams player of the week. Absolutely amazing. And great job by the special teams. Again, I I, I don't think you're going to see uh, a bunch of the fans on Twitter, on message boards, on some of the other podcasts, uh, whether it's the fans or the journalists. I don't think they're probably going to give the proportional amount of roses, the proportional amount of flowers to the special teams as they were dumping on the special teams uh, in weeks where they, they weren't playing up to this standard that's been set. So... Uh, that's my take on the special teams. Absolutely amazing. Let's get into the four keys to V, sponsored by our friends over at the 1012 Network. We're part of the 1012 Network. If you want to listen to the uh, you know, the opponent's reaction to this game, check out our friends Tortillas and Takes. Check out the 1012 podcast, uh, the flagship show of the network. I might just be on. I might just be on, folks. Uh, so... Uh, tune into that show on Monday. You might hear me. You might hear our friend Shahan. You might hear our friend JSJ and, of course, the fearless leader of the entire 1012 Network, Philip Slavin. Check them out. Check out all the great shows in the 1012 Network. Uh, so, yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out to all my friends. The first key to V was find early success in the passing game to open up the rushing game. Usually, historically, you'd have this flipped, but with how Stillwater went, the reversal has to be true. It wasn't true. Look, uh, we, we completed passes. There were not a lot of incomplete passes. There were not a lot. There were zero interceptions. There were no turnovers. But at the end of the day, the passing attack was uh, just really not there. It, it was just a slightly spicier version of that Texas versus K-State 2010 game. It was a lot of running. A lot of running, not a lot of passes, um, which is all right. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I'm giving that a D uh, because we didn't throw any interceptions. And again, wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of incompletions. But also, when Texas Tech is gonna just let you run all over them, then hey, take what the defense gives you. Uh, turn them over, folks. Three interceptions. That is an A plus. A plus for turning them over. Three interceptions, uh, which really led to that being a low stress win. We were gonna win that game whether we got those interceptions or not, but it led to being a much more fun game and a zero stress game. Uh, the third one, be the villain. Own into being the hunted. Have that swagger. You didn't have it in Columbia, you didn't have it in Stillwater. Got punked. By both of those teams plus their fans, that was not the case. K-State had the swagger. They were celebrating. They were doing a little taunting. They were doing a little talking. They went in there into a sold-out, blackout crowd for the second straight week. Again, every game we've gone on the road has been the opponent's biggest game of the season to that point. Again, I know there's Bedlam and Stillwater and blah, blah, Columbia, whatever. But absolute massive games into sellout crowds, blackout, gold out, all that stuff. They finally came with the energy. They finally came with the passion. They came with the villain energy. They were okay being the bad guys. That's what you have to do on the road. And honestly, I think they need to keep that energy at home as well. We're not going to worry about it at home. They have the energy. Usually they can win with the positive energy. I'm fine just being the villain. I'm fine trash talking. I'm fine 
celebrating. I'm fine with all that. And I'm so glad they brought that passion, that energy, and all of that. Because I think that is massive. That is a massive part of winning on the road. So I'm giving that an A-plus as well. Final one, win on third and fourth down. Uh, look, Tech was not good on third down. They're 60% on fourth down. I'm giving this a B-. minus. Uh, you came up with some big stops when you needed it. Uh, and B minus might be a little harsh, uh, but you know, three of five on, uh, on fourth down. I think they're what, th- what I say? Three of 14 on third, uh, four of 13. Um, so just under 33%. Um, so, you know, B minus might be a little harsh, but we're going B minus there. The final awards, the final segment are the Game Balls and Awards sponsored by Charlie Hustle. Give yourself a Game Ball. Give yourself a little bit more swagger. Head over to charliehustle.com. Get yourself a new K-State jacket, hoodie, crew neck. It's getting chilly. I absolutely love it. I love it. I love it. I love this weather. Partly because I have so many Charlie Hustle crew necks. That's keep me cozy. Keep me stylish. Go get yourself one as well. The bonehead, game ball number one, of course, going to Avery Johnson. Again, five touchdowns, 90 yards rushing. Uh, only incompletion was a throwaway. Look, he could have had over 100 yards. He could have had that sixth touchdown. He went church mode. He slid once he got the first down, iced out the game. Um, he could have had more, but look, it's the Avery Johnson era. And this was the Avery Johnson game. Five touchdowns, absolutely massive performance. Easy one for the boneheads. My first game ball is going to Hayden Gillum, actually. Uh, Look, again, I mentioned it at the top when I was talking about the offensive line. I've been tough. I've been very tough on him. Everyone's been tough on him, and I think it's been deserved. I I, I think Hayden Gillum, um, you know, he's had some rough games, but this was not one of them. And, and again, with Avery Johnson out there with more pulling in this offense, that is where he excels. I think he's probably one of the top polling centers in the Big 12, if not the number one polling center in the Big 12. So I'm giving a shout-out to my guy, Hayden Gillum. He is getting game ball number one from me. Game ball number two, Boneheads going to Kobe Savage. Again, bringing the hits, bringing the swagger, getting two interceptions. Uh, Absolutely awesome for Kobe Savage. A well-deserved game ball for him. I I, I think that uh, he, he, you know, he has a swagger back. I, I think we're going to see a few more interceptions from Kobe Savage rest of the season. I think we're going to see a lot of big hits as well. So a well-deserved game ball to Kobe Savage. My game ball number two going to VJ Payne. One-handed interception. His first interception. I think he's playing well. Again, I think flipping him back to the safety role he played last year was big time for him. Uh, and, and I'm pumped to see it. I, I'm happy to see VJ Payne, another young guy, really coming into his own as the season progresses in the secondary. Swagger sticker, the Boneheads, giving it to my guy, Seth Porter. Again, we talked about everything he brought on the field uh, when it comes to special teams. If there was ever a time for a a coverage guy to win Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Week, it is now. Seth Porter deserves to be the Special Teams Player of the Week. I don't think the Big 12 knows ball well enough to give it to him, but he deserves it. It should be his. But the leadership he demonstrated 
through the media before and after the game, challenging his guys to step it up and the passion that he has for K-State football. Again, if, if you're if you're putting together a Hall of Fame of guys who have the passion and the love and the desire and kind of exemplify, you know, the, the traditional K-State player, Seth Porter has to be one of them. So I'm glad the Boneheads are giving the Swagger Sticker to him. I'm giving mine to Cooper Beebe. Look, I, I heard reports... Uh, from him dancing around, having a little bit of fun at the game, especially uh, late in the game, taunting the crowd a little bit. Uh, but he, he, you guys need to go to the K-State Online YouTube page and kind of watch his smirk. Watch how he answers a couple of those post-game questions. The, get, the guy has swagger. The entire offensive line doing their shirtless picture uh, on the opposing field after the game. Absolutely love it. So I'm giving my swagger sticker to Cooper BB. And the final one, the Chauncey Bosco, he's got that dog in him award, is going to true freshman Austin Romaine. Absolute gritty performance, playing through injury, getting tackles for a loss, really coming into his own as a true freshman. Well-deserved award there. All right, just to round it up, the game balls going to Avery Johnson, Hayden Gillum, Kobe Savage, and VJ Payne. The swagger stickers going to Seth Porter and Cooper Beebe. And the Chauncey Bosco, he's got that dog in him award to Austin Romaine. That's all we got. Uh, super fun one. Again, I think I'm going to be on 1012 Network, so give that a listen uh, after you're done with this one as well. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice. Let's make somebody's week. Let's have fun, folks. Big one on Saturday. I'm going to enjoy the build-up to that. Uh, we got a Q&A tomorrow. Uh, we'll preview the game on Wednesday. Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Zoom. If you're not following the secret account, make sure you let me know. I'll give you the link. Uh, we'll be going live 7 p.m. Central Time here in God's Time Zone. Um, and then what? We'll, we'll have the whip around on Friday as well. Working on getting that all scheduled out for you guys. So for Chauncey, the best dog in the world. For K-State football fans everywhere, my name is Scott McFarland. We love you guys. And go Cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be With Kansas State Come on, set your spirit free Kansas State Our pride is with the cats Kansas State Come on, join the cat attack Kansas State Excitement's in the air Kansas State The fun is being there Having a good time there Purple and white we share Podcast Network.